Hi, I'm Dr. Natalie of Dr. Go Figure, and this episode is all about the microbiome and what it is and why we need it to be healthy. So to give you a little bit of my medical background, I was trained uh, in London, went to work in the NHS for a couple of years, decided it wasn't really for me, and then I got out and became an aesthetics doctor. Um, and I was happily doing aesthetics for a number of years, but really wanted to spread my wings a little and learn more about optimizing health. So I started finding conferences to go to in America, um, all in an area of medicine called functional health. Now here we might call that regenerative medicine or preventative medicine. And it's really looking at what causes diseases. Here in the West, you know, if you go to see your doctor and you've got an ache and a pain or a disease, more than, more than likely you'll end up being offered a pill to take. Um, you know, you've got blood pressure, take this pill. You've got some heart failure, take this pill. Um, but functional medicine is really much more about why have you got blood pressure? Why have you got heart disease? And starting to, get to sort of almost wind the clock back and see what happened at the beginning to create this disease process. So it's definitely an area of medicine I'm very, very excited about. Um, and anyway, I decided I was going to go to the Functional Medicine Conference. Um, and when I got there, they were talking about something called the microbiome. As a doctor, I think I've always been much more interested in preventative medicine. So I started looking at conferences to go to where I could start learning more about this. So here in the UK, our medicine tends to be around the fact people get diagnosed with something and then get given a pill. So if you've got high blood pressure, for instance, you'll be get given a pill. If you've got high cholesterol, you'll get given a pill. Um, really what functional medicine is, why have you got high cholesterol? Why have you got high blood pressure? And starting to look at the factors that created these diseases in the first place. Um, now, functional medicine really blew my mind because for years I always had thought that things like high cholesterol and blood pressure, you got more of it as you aged and therefore I th felt like there was an inevitability about getting some of these diseases as we aged. Cholesterol, for instance, we know a little bit more about and lifestyle changes could change it. But I think the thing that really turned it for me was when I found out that Alzheimer's and dementia were not necessarily diseases of old age, they were diseases of lifestyle. And at that point, I have to say that really piqued my interest. So the very first functional medicine conference that I went to, I just thought, well, I'll just dip my toe in the water. I just want to know a bit more about it. So I turned up, didn't really know what the agenda was on. I just thought it would all be interesting. Um, and honestly, it was all about the microbiome. Honestly, I'd never heard the word before. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I was like, is that microbiome, microbiome? Um, I was like, what is this? Is this like a made up thing? How come I've gone through medical school and then worked the last few years as a doctor and I've never heard of it? At that point, I started to wonder if I wasn't just in a room with a bunch of crazies. But anyway, the three day conference that I did where we talked all about the microbiome was absolutely mind blowing. And it created a total shift in how I thought about my body and how I was going to age. So what is the microbiome and why should we be interested? Well, essentially a microbiome is a collection of cells, viruses, bacteria. It just sounds like a super unhealthy mishmash of everything. 
But if you think about it, we have grown and developed from bacteria and viruses and protozoa. That's really what we're made of. I think our microbiome outnumbers our actual body cells many, many times to one. It is such a vital and important part of our body. Um, and you get different types of microbiome. You can have the skin microbiome. The one we're talking about is the gut microbiome. It's essentially all of these bacteria, protozoa, viruses that colonize between the mouth all the way through to the anus. And different sections of the microbiome will do different jobs. You'll have some part that will all be about digesting fats. Some will be about protein. Some will be about repair. Um, the, it's a hugely diverse population of, um, of cells that we absolutely need to survive. The more we learn about the microbiome, the more we appreciate how vital it is for good health. Um, the microbiome will play a huge role in inflammation, in our immune system, in our mental health. Um, it's all these things that we're just really starting to discover and talk about a lot more. Um, and so that's why I've decided to dedicate this episode all about the microbiome and how we can improve it and how we can make it healthier. So a healthy um, gut microbiome is massively diverse. The only way we get to have a diverse microbiome is that we have to eat a huge wide amount of different types of food. Um, I know I've always been a bit of a creature of habit and mainly when I would buy veg it might be some broccoli and some carrots but really if I wanted to be much healthier about it I would buy um, peppers and onions and uh, okra and spinach and as many many vegetables from across the board as I possibly could and you also want to buy lots of different colors of vegetables too because they are all adding a little bit extra to your microbiome. I did hear once that dogs have a terribly diverse and healthy microbiome. That doesn't surprise me. If you ever had a dog and you see what they eat, it's absolutely disgusting. But as a consequence, they have this brilliantly diverse and strong microbiome. And as humans, I'm not suggesting we eat what dogs eat by any measure, but if we ate more widely, we'd be able to support and improve our microbiome. Now there's definitely certain foods that we could start incorporating into our diet that your microbiome really loves. So things like um, sauerkraut and kimchi, these are brilliant prebiotics, so these are going to help feed the microbiome. And live yogurts and things like that will also help with the microbiome. So as long as, as well as having a very diverse amount of vegetables in your diet, also um, pickled foods would be very good and also live cultured yogurts. There was a recent study done by Stanford scientists where they looked at the effect of microbiome diversity. Um, on fermented foods. They took a cohort of patients and got them to eat more fermented foods for 10 weeks. And what they found was that the microbiome did improve, but rather interestingly, it also reduced the number of pro-inflammatory markers. There's something called interleukin-6. It's been linked to osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, and diabetes, and that all started to reduce. Um, so this is why we really have to pay a lot more attention to the microbiome because 
As opposed to the olden days when we thought osteoarthritis was just wear and tear of the joints, we're now starting to appreciate that actually a lot of the wear and tear that happens in our body is because we don't have a good and efficient functioning microbiome. Another interesting fact about the microbiome is that it has a huge effect on mental health. Um, we have a hormone called serotonin and it's widely known as the feel-good um, hormone and it gets released if you're happy and modern antidepressants are really all about trying to keep as much serotonin around the brain as possible but 95% of serotonin is actually made in the gut but if you have a poorly functioning gut you're not going to make enough serotonin therefore that can lead to mental health issues low mood and depression so if you're somebody that has suffered with depression or low mood, then there's definitely things you could do in, in your diet that could help improve your situation. So there is an amino acid called tryptophan, which will convert into serotonin. And you find it in things like eggs, turkey, chia seeds, pineapple. So by eating foods that are rich in tryptophan, you can actually help improve your own serotonin levels. Now, when I was at that conference several, several years ago, learning all about the microbiome, I also learned that by eating two tablespoons of um, probiotic yogurt was as effective as taking uh, antidepressants in terms of the amount of serotonin it was going to produce. And I think when you've got that kind of information, it makes, makes you think about nutrition in a whole different light. Other vital functions of the healthy gut are to convert tyrosine, which is an amino acid, um, into dopamine. So dopamine is another neurotransmitter, which means it's another hormone we use in our brain to signal. Where serotonin is our happy hormone, dopamine is the thing that gives you that little bit of a, um, a buzz when, when you do something well. It's your reward center. You will see gamers will be getting a lot of dopamine hits when they start moving up the le levels, or gamblers. Um, so if you have a diet that is not providing you with enough of the dopamine and the serotonin, it's going to massively affect your mental health. Um, if you're not being rewarded all the time, and this is what we think is happening in obesity, we don't think that obese people are creating enough of the serotonin or the dopamine. As a consequence, their reward centres aren't geared up properly. So when they eat, they're not necessarily getting the signals that they've had enough. They haven't reached that point where they feel rewarded. So there's a sense of overeating because the hormones just aren't working properly. So getting a healthy gut and a clean, well, a good healthy microbiome is really the starting point to much better health and better weight control. So now we're going to get a little bit more into the science of the microbiome. There are two main cells. You've got the bacterioidetes and the firmicutes. In obese people, they have less bacterioidetes and more firmicutes. The reason these bacteria affect how we put weight on is because they absorb different amounts of fat. Firmicutes absorb more calories from fat than does bacterioidetes. So if you had identical twins and one had more firmicutes, that twin would be fatter because they'd be much more efficient at absorbing fat. So knowing that bacterioidetes don't absorb as many calories, how do we increase the level of bacterioidetes in our gut? Well, one thing that's really bad for them is the amount of um, hand washing and sanitizing we do. 
When we sanitize, we're basically stripping the skin of its microbiome, but it means that we're not transferring this diverse amount of bacteria into the gut. So the more sanitary we are and the more clean we are, the less diverse our gut is. So I think there's got to be a, an element where we feel more confident about being a little bit grubbier. This would be music to it, my, the ears of my 11 year old who this morning when I dropped him off at school had dirty knees and that wasn't because he fell over this morning, that was because he played rugby yesterday. <laughs> that is bad mothering from me, but never mind, we're friends here. One major killer of our gut microbiome is stress. Um, we now know there's something called the gut-brain axis. It is the connection between our, our brain and our gut through the vagus nerve. Um, and what happens is if we are stressed, it will reduce the blood supply to the stomach. It will mean that cortisol and adrenaline are released. This will stop the digestive process, um, which in itself can lead you to feel, feel stressed. The undigested food isn't properly digested or distributed, which will then lead you to feel hungry again. But the upshot of this process is that our bacterioidetes are reduced. So stress will allow your firmicutes, which, which is the cell that is brilliant at extracting calories from fat, um, and that's gonna help basically make you more fat. So again, we have to be super careful about our stress levels. So as you know, I always like to set a little bit of homework every week, and this week is all about trying different foods. So first off, try putting in kombucha tea, kimchi, sauerkraut into your diet because these are very probiotic foods which means they nourish the microbiome. Try reducing the fat in your diet. Avoid sugars and processed food. The formicutase love sugar, okay? The more, the more sugar you eat, the more formicutase you get, the better you are at absorbing fat. It is the absolute triple whammy. So think about reducing the amount of sugar that you're gonna have in your diet this week. My next piece of homework is eat more beans. You know the childhood rhyme, beans, beans, good for your heart. The more you eat, the more you... Well, if you wanna be like Pumba the farting warthog, then you need to start eating beans in your diet. However, if you don't tolerate them very well, just put in two tablespoons of, uh, of beans in your diet over a couple of weeks, you will start to tolerate them. Don't say, no, no, I can't go anywhere near beans because of all the digestive issues that we get, um, because actually they are brilliant for increasing your bacterioidetes. So definitely think about putting a few more beans into the diet and just do it gently because your body just takes a little bit of time to adapt to it. So when preparing all of your new fabulous home cooked food, um, think about widening your diet. I think, to be honest, that Monday night is the nation's spaghetti bolognese night. We're obviously all creatures of habit, but if you can start thinking about introducing different kinds of food, especially different kinds of vegetables into your diet because your gut will love it. So if you're in the supermarket and you think, oh, I haven't seen that before, I don't know what that tastes like, just try it, chuck it in the trolley and give it a go. Um, because honestly, this is all about strengthening and diversifying your gut microbiome. I really think that the gut microbiome is the key to health. And as Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine. Honestly, we have our health, our longevity, our happiness in our hands. All we have to do is choose to eat better. 
Um, and I honestly think that's the most life-affirming and positive thing because when I was at medical school, I honestly thought that, you know, getting dementia and Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease were, you know, it was, a, it was the roll of a dice. You either did or you didn't, but there was nothing you could do about it. And now we know there's everything you can do about it. You do not have to have an inevitable decline into old age. We can actually live very strong, happy, healthy lives way, way longer than we thought possible before. So once again, have a very happy and healthy week and I will see you next week. Remember, if you like what you see, then please like, share and follow and you can keep up to date with absolutely everything that we do.